Namotasa Bhagavato Rato Sama Sambuddhasa Namotasa Bhagavato Rato Sama Sambuddhasa Namotasa Bhagavato Rato Sama Sambuddhasa Udang Dhammang Sangham Namasami So from a sense of cultivating mindfulness and clear comprehension and uh, then establishing the four establishments of mindfulness, which is a more more, um, structured uh, way. So mindfulness and clear comprehension is just fairly free-flowing, sensing things out, you know, how things bearing in mind, being present with what occurs, getting a feeling, sampajanya, feeling it out, how is this, how is this, how is this. This is a learner's program. And then beginning to form assessments on what's helpful and not helpful. Which is much more like a pruning, filtering process. Uh, and the sense of restraint is one of the things that comes in. Something should be avoided or put aside or not encouraged or not picked up. So this is wise assessment rather than uh, just the judgment. And there's a lot is spoken about in Dhamma circles about judgmental mind, judgment mind which is all coming from people's very authentic experience of the painfulness of this critical mind. And yet there's a need for wise assessment, which is not... So how do those two terms uh, measure up? Mm. Mm. Judgment, mind... It results in a rather, uh, uh, it's not a a judgment from clear comprehension, it's a judgment from um, fear or aversion, or so it's a kind of uh, associated with ill will towards oneself or others. 
Generally, it seems that most judges find you guilty <laughs> in judgmental mind. <laughs> they don't. They don't say innocent, not. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not very balanced judges. They generally everybody, everything's guilty. <laughs> so this is not a proper <laughs> form of assessment because <laughs> it doesn't actually tell you what's useful. <laughs> it just tells you all the things that are wrong with you <laughs> and everybody else. This is the inferred ill will, hostility that one perhaps, you know, isn't all, first isn't all that aware of because it's uh, it's going to be so uh, uh, rapid and seeming so verified. There are people and beings with unskillful behaviour and so forth, but it doesn't sh- it doesn't have to give rise to ill will. And what's the difference? Assessment means. This is something I don't associate with. This is something I don't take in. This is something that doesn't fit. This doesn't, I can't wear this thing. Yeah. It's like you go to a shoe shop, this one shoe doesn't fit. That's a, that you could say it's a judgment, but it's not condemning the shoe. You just say it doesn't, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. There's an assessment, just inappropriate. And there's no real, f- this kind of rancor uh, and bitterness doesn't have to occur. Wise assessment. And by and large, that means that the, um, there's a restraint there from those reflexes and restraining. So, not just so you, get, maybe you get the feeling arises, this unpleasant feeling can arise. And then the reaction to that. So, so it's just actually experiencing the unpleasant feeling, a feeling is a feeling. Mm. And through uh, deep practice, embodied practice, we have a way to ha- let a feeling arise, be felt, and dissolve. This is what embodiment can help with, because there's a dimension there the balance, the the stable, the core, uh, that can be more incrementally built up or gradually grown. And uh, this is often associated with sense restraint because sense restraint, this doesn't mean to do with good or bad or even breaking precepts. It's to do with just the fact that one is so oriented, one's chitta so oriented around the sense contact you know, not necessarily unskillful, but just sense contact, that's the real thing, that we, it doesn't connect to this core presence. It's lost contact with that. Mm-hmm. So the restraint of the sense faculties is just compassionate to allow one center, you could say, maybe, you know, seems a bit mysterious, what do you mean? Uh, 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 Kaya Vijnana Datu. <laughs> Does that help? No. <laughs> There's a kind of Datu is a kind of like a property or even like a quasi substance. So it's not. It's this definite presence of some quality there. A Datu, an element, a property, and that becomes more uh, available mm-hmm. through sensory strain and through. Where are things felt? Mm. Mm. So, feeling in my mind, 
in my heart, you know, just a little bit further in the heart. Now just take wait a little bit, just explore a little bit further. Yeah, there's definitely some bodily effect there. Mm. So we say the mind, we, you know, can be that's pretty much surface, say approval or disapproval. But really behind that is an emotional effect, heart effect. And that's important to contact that, to, to let oneself feel. Mm. And of course, this is not easy because unpleasant feeling in the heart is powerful resonance. Uh, so feeling it in the body, taking it into the body, uh, and relaxing, opening the body to that unpleasant mental feeling. Disappointment, grief, worry, how does it feel? Mm. This is still not easy because the body tends to knot up. The Dhatu isn't properly strong enough yet. So a lot of our practice is developing this property of body, of embodiment, called the embodiment property, through embodied practices, accessing balance, accessing ground, uh, feeling space, getting the rhythm of breathing, feeling something filling up in there. And it may be just parts of the body. Generally, we will find maybe, you know, there are cut-off points which are more difficult, but perhaps the easiest places are going to be of abdomen. Um, yeah, but then you get cut-offs, a diaphragm, you get a cut-off around the throat where it gets very reactive. It, it starts to seize up, it starts to operate on its own. Mm-hmm. These are cut-off places where this is the problem of um, sense contact, and particularly disagreeable sense contact. Something tries to block it. Mm-hmm. And you get these blockage places where you get these cut-offs. Mm-hmm. And that's not a decision, is it? It's just when the system doesn't know, it protects, it tries to protect by blocking things. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you must be very compassionate about that. It's not, you know, your fault. It's why if you're in a realm where people are not observing right conduct, then, and you're open to that, then you get these effects are liable to happen. Difficult to process them. So when we say you know sense restraint, it doesn't just simply mean your sense restraint. It means you're in the field of non-restraint. <laughs> so this isn't just you know when you look at these as field effects, not as a personal attribute. You're in the field. Uh, you're in the field of, of unskillful conduct. Not necessarily that you do a lot of it, but you're in the field of it, and therefore you get affected by it, and you get these results. Yeah. Uh, so. But uh, how to get out of the field of it, <laughs> of that, is through restraint. Just don't go out there, uh, don't go into it. Uh, build up your strength so that the, you know, the degree of realization, one can be in the field of disagreeable beings, disagreeable conduct, and it doesn't go in, doesn't mangle you, doesn't do things to you. Because you've got your own field, your own data is your element is properly strengthened. Mm. This is possible. Mm. 
And so this is the approach because, you know, trying to get the rest of the field to sort itself out, it's, it's never happened yet. <laughs> uh, but if one is one's own, you know, proper resource, then it's possible that you, by that, will affect the field because you're, you're, something will sense the the steadiness, the stability, the non-reactivity, the calm. And then you tend to not find yourself, people, uh, you tend to find that skillful people associate with you. Animals befriend you. Uh, good beings befriend you. They're naturally attracted because you fit. That's the way it works. Mm. So this sense of wise assessment, what's skillful, what's unskillful. And uh, by by, uh, using this quality of mindfulness and full clear comprehension and presence. How is this affecting body? How is this affecting the embodied mind? How is this affecting my, could be my reactions, then beneath that, the emotional feeling, the turbulence, the shaking, the vibrancy, agreeable, disagreeable, that sense, and then how is that in the body? Mm. The process. Same with your own repetitive tape loops of thought. How does that thought process feel? When I say feeling, I just mean, would you like more of it or less of it? Is it agreeable or disagreeable? If you want, if it, yeah. So, yeah. What do you, what do you feel with that passed away? How would that, how would that seem to you? Oh, I'd be relief. That's called disagreeable feeling. Mm. Mm. So you really sometimes you have to question it because it's not necessarily there'd be such cutoffs. One doesn't really even know, or or, or able to widen out of the thought realm into the emotional realm. You get so cut off. Mm. Thought is just the thought. It doesn't. No, it's not. And rather than going to the feeling, then feeling an immense amount of ill will towards one's thoughts, going to the body, and then you realize your thinking is putting a lot of energy up into your head and face and eyes and throat, and that's not fitting, that's unbalanced. That's just an assessment, because you're not just the head. Or a throat, or a set of eyes. You know, well, okay. So it's very, you know, simple and seemingly doesn't seem very consequential. But there's no judgment in that. It's just an assessment of unbalanced. What's happening? My chest, my hands, my feet. The whole thing. Even if nothing is happening, it doesn't matter. But you're just widening to regain the proper body the body that fits, your kaya dhatu, you know, your embodiment. Because it's all there, isn't it? You know, you've got feet and hands, so 
until you come in sort of practice the wholeness of that then you've got something that was able to discharge this these difficult um, congestions of energy and there's no you know there's no conceptual judgment on that it's just this is imbalanced and it's not doing anything good it's not no matter how much you think about it it's not going to change it it just creates more of the same contraction so when you contemplate these experiences very much from the embodied sense you experience thought as a contraction yeah, and a localization of energy and a speed of it a very fast rhythm that tends to challenge one's mindfulness and full comprehension because it, it's moving so fast it's not always easy to assess it so you come into your body and you come off the topic of the thought and it says well there's a lot going up the side of my face in my head jaw sometimes it just even vibrates there how's that feel don't try and fix it how does it feel that's all and then if it goes disagreeable, and you're, oh, why well, I'm, I'm so fed up with this. Why well, I wish I wasn't like you know, no, 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 don't do that either. This is Dormanasa, you know, the sad sorrow, grief, despair. Okay, now, uh, difficult to feel that, to take it in. So walk, walk into it. Movement helps, whole body helps. Gives you a little more space to absorb uh, an unpleasant feeling. The eye and the senses, as you seemingly widen into it, the unpleasant feeling loses its intensity. Oh, uh, and just that, letting it trail, fade, viraga, dispassionate, viveka, means you, you unlock from the place and the sense of uh, contraction. Mm. So the contracted, stuck upadana feels this. And you're not taking issues, making an I am out of it, or I should be, or how long I've been. No, don't do that. Just widen, so late release, come out of the contraction into a wider sense and the bodies can provide that. Feel the feeling and if you can bear with the feeling and deepen your sense of embodiment right down into your feet, into your spine, particularly your spinal axis, your tail, sacrum and so on. Then you get the sense of the feeling beginning to, to lose its intensity. This is called viraga, just fading out. And there's a quality of dispassion. The tone, the mental tone is dispassionate. Mm. This is a feeling, doing what feelings do. And then cessation. No, this is possible. And of course, you know, it can take quite a bit to, to 
get that because the topics themselves get so uh, charged that um, mind for is it difficult to, to actually you know even get the body sense because it just draws you into the story so this is practice even slowing the story down a little bit helps so you've got some storyline going what you don't want to do is let it speed up if you can even slow it down even recite it like you're chanting it I am hopefully hopeless I cannot do this I really can't I am a neurotic basket case then it, it's sort of, <laughs> you know, you break some of the the charge of it all. <laughs> and, oh, well, look at that. It's the same thought, but just because I'm breaking the speed of it, suddenly it doesn't quite have the same energy in it. You've changed the energy pattern. And that's, that's the bit. It's not to deal with the topic. It's to deal with the energy pattern. Not the topic doesn't need to be dealt with, but you can't deal with it from that place. Really, for for liberation you can't. But you might very well, if when there is the discharge and thinking, okay, this is not a, this is not someone to associate with in the future, <laughs> or this is not something I want to do again, or this is not appropriate way to to regard this, or you know, you begin to get your you know how the fourth noble truth arises out of the third. When a cessation, then you begin to see this is how I should be practice in the future to, yeah, to train the path out of suffering. So there's a sense of restraining and handling, and then you're beginning to establish the frame of reference or the uh, establishment of mindfulness of body through recognizing this is a definite possibility for liberation that's why i'm interested in it not because it's something i have to do <coughs> or some you know piece of a buddhist um, program that one has to learn or go through but this is for my survival and welfare. This is the process of we call citta vimuti, and um, it's almost like a uh, you know filtering out the true citta uh, from the distorted tape loops we consider our mind to be. My mind is crazy. No, it's not just a few sankharas running around but that's not your mind uh, but unfortunately because of uh, 
various programming and the emphasis on the thinking mind, that's kind of where we place that chitta, or our chitta's got place there, so that's what we keep leading with. Uh, uh, so even keep um, uh, seeking answers with it and, and so forth, and believe that's where it really is. So that's where it, where it is, because that's where we put it. <laughs> So when you're developing body intelligence, so this sense of your jitta can be not just uh, always linked to thought, but linked to touch, the intelligence of the hands. Very intelligent. Intelligence of the feet. Of course, they lose it through being encased in, in shoes and then just stumped around on or, you know, don't really feel the flexions and the energy in the feet. So it's really good to, when we get a chance to come out of our shoes and actually feel the life of the feet and the hands, the intelligence of the hands. These are strong intelligence, it's places where strong intelligence comes through. Mm. So, you're saying, you know, just practicing feeling what happens in your hands when they move towards each other, when they move towards your body, one rests in the other, why you use a, hands generally rest in a mudra when you meditate, because they're sensing, ah, oh, this is the cradle, this is the gentleness, this is the delicacy is signaling that and you can even just recognize you place your bring your hand slowly up towards your face you can feel your face definitely activates as the hand comes close to it hmm. obviously this is a basic programming so this enables us to eat our food so you don't you know put your lasagna in your eyeball or something, you get it in the right place. Because <laughs> you can't see it when it comes up that close. You could stuff it up your nose, but you don't. You almost, I think you, everybody gets it in their mouth. <laughs> it's not very far between your nose and your mouth, is it? And you can't see it <laughs> when it's that close. <laughs> it's only because the, 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 the intelligence in the face lights up and the mouth becomes very sensitized and the hand is also sensitized and those two signal when you get it in there you know i guess i think probably i never seen anybody not get in there <laughs> so what's that that's it that's quite a lot of intelligence can you operate like that a little more not just with your hands, but with your body moving around in the space around you, feeling your shoulders as you walk. You know, the effect of cold when you go out into the cold, the body kind of momentarily tingling and then kind of withdrawing from it to keep its heat in. When you come into the warmth of the body, ah, you know, <laughs> it does that, doesn't it? Or mine does anyway. So these are just the body is fitting itself 
to the environment. It's not really separate from the environment. But, of course, one of the qualities of the senses is it, it pretty much looks like it. It looks like it's separate. You, know, you see them walking around. They don't, they're not connected to the trees or the they're just independent beings. When you look at them, that's what the visual consciousness does. You go into body consciousness, it's not. It's not separate. Hmm? You feel the f- when you feel the floor beneath your feet, it's not separate from you. Where's the where's the separation? Hmm? When you feel so, coming the space element. When you experience the space around your body, you're not separate from it. Where's the edge? Where's the edge of your body? There's a tingling quality we call the skin. And because you can be aware of that, you recognize that's not outside you, that's within you. That's within your your embodied chitta experiences, the experience of skin, tingling. But that's within you, it's not outside you. You can't... So the embodied sense is always contextual. Try to feel or open to the context of space, finding your space, moving through your space. Play with it. When you're walking, just even imagine you're walking through mist or water, warm water ideally. So you just ask, you know, otherwise you're going to be looking out over the top of it all. You know, look, walking with your eyes, trying to walk with your body, feel the openness opening in front of you, yeah. Um, things like this. <laughs> it's kind of really simple things, but you've got to do it a lot to get the chitta to, you know, find itself, not just keep following the the um, appearance of the visual consciousness. Notice when you hear something, how your body jumps or shivers, because it's not separate. How can you, how can you feel something if it's outside you? If it's really outside, you wouldn't feel it, would you? How does it get into you? (laughs) Are you inside or outside? Are you inside with a hole? The stuff jumps in through, I suppose. Is that it? Who's inside? Where's the edge? And you come into embodied experience. Different textures, earth, firmness, fluidity, cohesion, space, blending. Now if you don't just get fascinated or on purely on the more substantial qualities, the earth element, and you also bring in space element, 
as part of what has to be there for embodiment, we realize, well, that mix, that, that's, you, you know, there isn't really a, a separation in that. It's all there. Mm. And we live in the sphere of embodiment, or the embodiment element. Mm. With the results of action. Because everything, every action, one's own, or the actions of others, either things one's deliberately or unintentionally, um, um, the actions of others, deliberately or unintentionally, random actions, there's a result. There's a residue, there's a reverberation in there. Agreeable, disagreeable, and that's there. And there's particular patterns established, such as threat or... Um, drive, you know, to get somewhere to be something, then that has an effect on this embodiment. Not just sense sense consciousness, but this is the asava of sensuality, there's also the asava of becoming. Trying to hold it all together has a very has a profound effect on embodiment because the fluidity is lost. We we start to seize up. Trying to become something stable. Uh, constant, agreeable, uh, happy, comfortable, you know, means you cannot process disagreeable feeling. <laughs> you cannot process fear and shock. You cannot process threat and, and disappointment because they're not supposed to be there. So instead, that c- you get this encasement of a rigid form that often begins to break up through that. It just builds barriers. So you get a very unintelligent, shocked body and um, you know that's there's the res- there's the residues that's the results that's the that's things that is to get established and left in there so a lot of our practice is really beginning to find some thread in there that's still unimpacted and this is going to be I my sense, my understanding, this is the midline, the inner core of the body, core presence, because that is not associated with um, the sympathetic, you know, with being activated by stuff. It's just holding balance. Mm. So, you know, as, as you recognize in your difficult situation, things are going crazy, you just got to come into balance. Hold yourself up, go into your midline to find orientation. Mm. Feeling dizzy, you've got to go into your midline. Everybody's going crazy around you, come into midline. Otherwise, you're going to just tumble over into everything else. And this is the place then that's the refuge, you could say, of the thread that's still there. So we want to make that midline really nice and clear from your head down to your feet, so tracking it down the spine, because this is going to be much, there's a possibility in there, going through less of the impacted, confused stuff that's dumped into one's body, one's dhatu, one's embodied quality, one's embodied aspect. So, you know, one, one sits with spine erect, as the Buddha says, just lengthening that time and time again and recognizing the pull out 
into the visceral or the emotive or the congested. Because they're all connected, but you want to get that primary midline sense and be able to come from there so that your approach to these is just either moderating, and receiving with compassion and patience, and keep opening and widening and letting it sort itself out. So this embodiment then becomes a form that has tremendous uh, potency for uh, freeing up the chitta's alignment. And the benefit of it is that uh, the potential for a lot of mental feeling uh, 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 dissolves. Mental feeling is associated with either favoring or opposing uh, impact. Therefore, the thing starts moving. And uh, uh, a fully realized being doesn't experience mental feeling, which sounds kind of sort of weird, really. Uh, (laughs) But in the domain of dispassion, is the feeling a relief of not feeling reactive? Put it that way. And instead there's a sense of this fits, this doesn't fit, this is suitable, this is not suitable, this is appropriate, this is inappropriate, this is skillful, that's unskillful assessment, not in a judgmental way, but just, oh no, no, that doesn't fit, oh no, that, that's not, oh that's skillful, yes, that's skillful, that fits, I can sit with that, I can open to that, that's, that's, that sits well, no, this is just creating a disturbance and a jangle and a contraction, that's a wise assessment. Um, So with the ceasing of the mental feeling is the ceasing of the turbulence of agitation. But it doesn't mean one's insensitive. In fact, extremely sensitive. But sensitive in a wise and compassionate way. This is inappropriate. Otherwise it's just too difficult. dealing with one's experience and of course living with others where people experiencing grief and panic and desperation and frustration and oh dear (laughs) you know and then you take it on you get and then one isn't able to um, properly serve. So, you know, the Buddha said one is fit to teach a group when one has cultivated, when the, 
property of equanimity is present. There's someone in his fit to teach a group. Because if one, then it says, you know, if his own example says when the Tathagata teaches and people don't get any good results, he's not satisfied, but he's equanimous. He says, oh, things have not landed yet, but he's not fed up. <laughs> And, oh, why bother? Doesn't get that. Doesn't get the dominus of it. Or then it teaches a group and people are getting results. Doesn't feel, oh, great, we're really swinging on. We decide that things are fitting. You know, beings are working in accordance with the karma. There's good results. Going satisfied is equanimous. In other words, you know, there isn't that adding of the mental feeling to it. There's a tone, you could say equanimity and openness otherwise you know difficult to to teach or really mm. certainly that's what I you know claim anything particularly certainly not complete equanimity but I just know the more that um, one gets uh, you know it's not appropriate to just get uh, Disappointed <laughs> and elated by people's stuff. When <laughs> you live in communities for 40 odd years, that's a lot of stuff to get disappointed by. <laughs> and frustrated by. Oh, wow, she was doing so well and then she left. Oh. <laughs> he died. Oh. <laughs> and so you just don't go out. <laughs> Just uh, things are not looking so good these days. <laughs> or, you know, it's like that. And then one can have wise assessment. Uh, wisely assess. And you're only here to help, really. Serve, not to feel good about it all. Then that's that's definitely, you know, the jitter is bright. Jitter can keep. Because it's only here to serve, not to be a success. So, you know, we're in a way encouraged also to be our own teachers, our own guides. Yeah. And uh, just know this doesn't fit, this is fitting, there's a fitting that, that went to place. And we say we practice with the motto, practice for no result. Practice for no results whatsoever. Practice for no result. What the, why am I practicing for? <laughs> well, if you don't know how to practice with no result, you're not really practicing yet. <laughs> or your practice hasn't deepened at this time, put it that way. Because <laughs> if you practice a result, what do you think the result will be? What do you imagine the result will be? The result that you practice for. I will be... Uh-oh, careful. <laughs> I will not have I will not have that careful now. You know what's happening? 
Or, I had a really good day yesterday, careful, careful, you know what's going to happen now, about to suffer. (laughs) 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 Uh, They're all contracting, becoming, (laughs) it's going to start moving in on that one, isn't it? I am, is a a poison. (laughs) Mm. That's becoming, that's the arsenal of becoming. But there is an I, you could say, citta, this deep subjectivity, which is able to be wise. And so that disengagement, citta vimuti, or there's panya vimuti, which is the uh, really under getting it, understanding that process of how citta gets hooked on feeling, essentially, on, on becoming. I will be. I want to become, you know. Really, be careful. Don't ever want to become enlightened. This is one's going to kill you. Because <laughs> it's like this is the ultimate, you know, way to, way to twist yourself around in circles. Just if you want to become anything, just try to be become a little bit more sensible. That's probably better. <laughs> Because you can't become enlightened, you can't have an I am enlightened. That's that's a that's, that's a logistical impossibility. Enlightenment is the absence of an am. Yeah. There are conditions, there are forms, there are fields, dis- skillful and unskillful. Mm. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. No processing. Mm. There are asavas to be abandoned by, they're abandoned through deep attention, wise attention, careful attention. There are asavas abandoned or, or relinquished or dealt with through using things skillfully, clearly comprehending the usefulness of something, not as an acquisition, but just as something that serves a purpose. We we treat it respectfully, we treat a body respectfully, it serves a purpose. We treat food respectfully, it serves a purpose. We don't want to claim it, or get fascinated by it, or get averse to it. It is a purpose. One One has sampajanya in accordance with purpose. That's an important basis for Sampajanya. One is purpose, one is Sampajanya, clear comprehension in regard to non-delusion. This too will change. This is the nature of forms and must change. One is comprehension in that respect. Mm. One is clear comprehension in regard to suitability. This is about the right way to be with something whereby one's not pushing forward, not resisting, you know, building up tendencies to grab hold or tendencies to block, to, you know, and dwelling in suitable dwellings, suitable environments that help one to do that. They don't encourage a sense of trying to grab it, hold of it, get fascinated by it, nor do they 
encourage the sense of, of, of constantly having to protect oneself. You know, they do what a re- dwelling does. It provides you with a place to dwell. <laughs> I feel safe, grounded. That's its purpose. Yeah. Therefore, one has cultivated uh, clear comprehension with regard to suitability and resort, what one abides with. Mm. There are, te- there are asavas that are uh, dealt with uh, through restra- uh, restraining sense faculties, asavas that are dealt with enduring, mm. just bearing, staying present with, rather than the fever of expecting or moving on to the next. So real patience is there's no next. We let go of the time boundary. And it's the patience of the warrior patience rather than the doormat patience. It's not allowing any old stuff to trample all over you. It's a sense in which you are, because that has no presence in it. Mm-hmm. Presence is so this ability to endure comes from firmly established mindfulness where you, okay, I know that if I move out into aversion, this will be for my sort of suffering. If I know if I, yeah, but I know because of this quality of presence and this is, I will abide in this. Mm. There are asavas that are dealt with through... Um, Avoiding, avoiding unskillful company is one of them. Primary, uh, uh, unskillful places where there's a lot of unskillful behavior happening, you, you know, uh, deceit, seduction, violence, you just, not my scene, you know doesn't do me any good, no need to go there. It's not a judgment, it's an assessment. Um, also, that are dealt with through abandoning. And this is, he abandons it, well, abandons an unskillful thought. Doesn't tolerate it. Now, this really results to deliberate, decisive thought. Not the mutterings. Uh, of the residues that may be fermenting in the background in a way you want to almost allow those to the extent to which you can contemplate the feelings that they're associated with in their food for removing the residues, right? This thought process rattling away feels like this in the body as I've tried to point out before. But then formulating a particularly decisive thought based upon ill will towards oneself or others. Uh, um, there are not many, there are only three really. <laughs> three, uh, there's a, a Ill, uh, um, um, violence mm, towards even verbal violence, contempt, you know, that kind of, yeah, towards oneself or others even verbal violence towards oneself or others. So you don't, don't cut that off. Not suitable. Uh, cruelty, dismissiveness, indifference, harshness. It's another one. The other one is 
thought, decisive thought coming from motivations associated with sense greed, gratification. So these are ones that one doesn't give energy to. They can arise, but you withdraw. So there's a difference between that and suppressing the residual formations that are in there already. This is about a determined basis for action. So when you feel those that determined those bases even coming up, you feel yourself, what's happening in your body? Uh, you know, getting to be start critical towards yourself, abusive towards yourself. What's happening? Can you come back into your hands, your feet? This is not suitable. That's it, it just doesn't suit you. Because it doesn't. <laughs> it's yeah. It's not a con it's just a fact. It doesn't suit your wholeness. It suits only a, a fragmented, distorted aspect of your embodiment. The embodiment doesn't dig abuse. <laughs> It really enriched through through goodwill, goodwill, respect. That's what brings your embodiment, makes it ample, abundant, rich. The rest of it, so you don't want that. Doesn't fit. Yeah. And there are supposed to be abandoned through cultivating developing, making much of, and this is the uh, seven factors of enlightenment. To be developed based upon viveka, disengage, dispassion, know the feelings of feeling, ceasing, letting things, formations come to conclusion, relinquishment of the sense I am, I was, I'm other than this, I will be. So of course there's a lot in in that alone, but we can talk more about that or I can try to open some of that up at suitable time, but it's probably not fitting now. So direct practice, remember these three domains, uh, the citta, the vajisankara, that is the, the, the form, the verbal form, try to just cultivate uh, uh, the thinking mind uh, with this vitaka vichara, how is that, Where, what's that, how is that, what's that, well, how is that, how you feel, what's that. Where is it? What's it? Did it? Where did it come? You know, anything that just keeps pointing to these 
reactive energies. And opening, using that to screw to, to begin to open the entirety of the form, the body. Remember, there are aspects there that you you don't know what you don't know. You don't know bits you don't really feel properly. So you want to you want to check it out. Perhaps not just from the visual anatomy, but internally, as I was suggesting in the guided meditation, just feeling your way. Particularly important, feel away from your midline, which is the healthy bit and just start to move out into the tissues around, uh, just a general sense. So if you can't even, from the inside, you can't even name it, you just know here's open, here's warm, here's jumpy stuff, here's tight stuff, um, here's stagnant stuff, and this is the, the, the datu, the element of the embodiment, and Try to, f- or look into where it feels most comfortable, most agreeable, most freed up, and pick up the mental tone of that, and see if you can pick that up and gradually invite all the rest of it in there, or a little bit at a time, meeting it, a compassionate gesture, which is to, yeah. So verbal form is like that, heart form, uh, faith, devotion, mm, surrendering, opening up to, uh, goodwill, very prerequisite to not tolerate the intrusion of abusive, closing, despairing uh, attitudes not necessary, not helpful, not conducive. Mm. And so the heart form, making it strong, and the body form. So offer this for your consideration today.